everyone, welcome back to today's episode of The Token Singaporean. My name is Vonster. So in the last episode, we talked about how we can mint our very first NFTs. But what if you are interested in an NFT that's been around for a while? Or if you missed the mint and it got sold out, how else can you get into the project? So today, we're going to talk all about that. And that is how you can buy your NFTs through secondary marketplaces. So stay tuned to find out how. Hi everyone, once again, thank you for joining me here today. And today we're going to talk all about how we can purchase NFTs from secondary marketplaces. So like I mentioned before at the beginning, I believe, there are two main ways where people can purchase the NFTs. The first way is through minting and that was something that we covered in the previous episode. So today we're going to talk all about purchasing through secondary marketplaces. So just a short recap to explain the difference between minting and purchasing from secondary marketplaces. So previously, as I mentioned, when we talk about minting, we are actually buying firsthand from creators or founders once they have launched their NFTs. So it's usually bought through their personal website. I mean, not their personal website, but their project's website, right? But here's the problem. What if you missed the boat? Like what if it got sold out and you didn't get in on time? Or what if you just came across this project that's been around for a couple of months and you really love it, you see a lot of potential in it, you want to buy it at this point in time when it's no longer in its initial phase. So this is when we talk about purchasing from secondary marketplaces. So actually, I think that purchasing from secondary marketplaces is probably a concept that we are really very familiar with because it is something that is very common in the Web2 space. So it's actually similar to websites like eBay, similar to apps like Carousel, where you can buy from owners who are looking to sell their NFTs. So in this case, right, these owners could have minted multiple NFTs and are looking to take some profits and sell a couple of them. Or maybe, you know, they just have their own reasons and they would like to let go of their NFTs. And because these NFTs are no longer minting, they have already minted out. So if this is the case, okay, you will have to look for these sellers to purchase an NFT if you would like to join that project. So first thing you need to understand is that similar to just like a regular Web2 secondary marketplace, when you're purchasing from there, you're no longer purchasing from, um, at mint price. So you're not purchasing at the retailer's price. In fact, you're just purchasing at a price that is deemed fair by the seller himself or herself. So in general, prices can be either higher or lower than the mint and that largely depends on market sentiments. So for example, if the project is not doing so well or rather the project is in the building phase and perhaps people are not really holding on to the project, maybe the price of each NFT might be lower than its mint price. But if the project has a lot of traction and there's been a lot of developments and updates along the way, to buy this NFT, you might have to pay a lot higher or maybe a little bit higher than the original mint price. So in essence, we are running like a free market condition, right? So the prices are no longer fixed, okay? So you don't expect yourself to buy an NFT at the exact mint price that was stated in the project, okay? All prices are set according to market conditions, according to the expected price or rather the perceived value of each NFT 
by the sellers themselves. So yeah, expect yourself to see price fluctuations here and there as well. And this is when, you know, it's important to sort of observe and track the prices in order to find a nice entry point, a good entry point for you to enter the project. So in the various secondary market places, okay, within the website, there are actually basic data for you to sort of um, see the volume traded, how much people are trading for at, uh, during this period in time, what is the cheapest price that you can get a single NFT for within a project, etc. I'll talk more about that later, but right now, let's just talk about where you can find these secondary marketplaces and what are some of the examples of the most popular secondary marketplaces available in the NFT space. So I would say at this point in time I'm recording, okay, the most popular and widely adopted secondary marketplace is this marketplace called OpenSea. So you can look them up on www.opensea.io. But of course, there are also many other up-and-coming marketplaces worth checking out. For example, Looks Rare. For example, Mintable.app. It is actually a Singapore-based marketplace, up-and-coming. Pretty good, pretty impressive. I would suggest everyone to check it out. There is X2Y2, that's Rarible, etc. And along the way, at this point in time, they are not launched yet, but we are also expecting to see Coinbase coming up with their own marketplace. So, interesting times we're living in. So, yeah, it's worth checking all these marketplaces out once in a while. Okay, so here's the thing, because in order to list each NFTs, usually, sellers would have to create an account manually in each of the marketplaces and list their items manually as well. So naturally, since OpenSea is like the more widely adopted marketplace right now, I mean, very naturally, you can see that there will be more listings and more choices for you if you shop on OpenSea at this point in time. But that's not to say it will remain like that forever. Like I mentioned, a lot of the other marketplaces are also catching up. They are giving a lot of incentives for sellers to list their items on their marketplaces. So it's always good to check out a few marketplaces before you buy something because sometimes you never know you'll get a better deal in maybe a less prominent marketplace. Yeah, you never know. It really depends on your luck, I think. Okay, so before we actually start to actually buy NFTs from the marketplaces, right? I think there are a couple of data that would be good for you guys to know. And these are all provided by most of the marketplaces themselves because understanding how to read this data will give you a good idea of whether you are looking at legitimate listings, how many owners are there within the project, the cheapest price you can get if you want to enter the project at the lowest possible price, how much volume has been traded to sort of indicate whether project has traction, so on and so forth. So now we'll look at each point and explain what these data can tell you. For now, for simplicity's sake, I am going to explain these data and what you can see based on the OpenSea's website. So if you open a project's page on OpenSea, okay, right at the top, you will see this several numbers which are actually pretty important. You will see items, owners, floor price, and volume traded. So let me explain to you what each of these points mean. So the first point that we can see would be items. So items basically means the total number of items minted for the collection. Okay, so the total number of NFTs that's available within that collection that's been minted. 
So why is this important? Okay, so this is very important because it kind of can help you determine whether you are on the legitimate page of the project within OpenSea. So what I mean is, for example, if a project is a 10,000 NFT collection and it's been minted out, so there are 10,000 pieces of this NFTs floating around the market. And then you click on OpenSea and then you enter a page which you think is the main project page within OpenSea. However, on the items number, you only see 10 items. If this is the case, what happens is that this page is likely created by a scammer. At this point in time, I don't think I want to delve deeper into exactly how the scam works because in our next episode, we'll be talking a lot more about the frauds and scams that's um, rampant in NFT space and how you can avoid it. But at this point, you just have to remember understanding of like um, what these item numbers mean can sort of help you to decide and know whether OpenSea page is a legitimate page for the project. That is one thing. And also, you know, to sidetrack a little bit, a little bit deeper into how it can help you. It can also help you to determine whether you want to mint a project. So for example, you would like to mint this specific project just to hold for a little while and do a quick flip for profits. So like I mentioned during the minting episode, right? In order for you to be able to make a quick buck from minting and flipping, the collection usually has to sell out, right? So what you can do usually is that while minting is happening, you can keep observing the item number on OpenSea and watch how many has been minted over time. So this sort of gives you a gauge as to whether the project has traction, as to whether the project is close to mint out already. So usually if you want to aim for a flip, you would start minting or aping in when the project is about 80% minting out. That kind of uh, numbers that would be pretty safe for you to enter and get a couple of NFTs and then just wait for the project to mint out and then find a good time to flip your NFTs for a good profit. Okay, the second data point you need to know would be owners. So owners, very straightforward. It basically means the total number of unique owners within the collection. So usually, more owners would be better because when there are more owners, it means that on average, okay, each owner should own less of each NFT. So this is better because it is evenly distributed, right? Then people are less likely to dump their NFTs for quick profits because if you only have two NFTs, you can't sell like too many. You still want to have skin in the game. Whereas if you have like 20 of it, you can sell like 18 of it and still have skin in the game. And if there's a lot of NFTs on sale in the market, then it will affect the price of the NFTs because there is more supply. The third number you need to know and understand would be floor price. So floor price is very straightforward. And as a seasoned NFT person, or rather, you know, not just me, but many others would tell you that if you really like a project, floor price don't really matter. But I can assure you from experience that when you're new to NFTs, floor price is usually the only thing you will check every single day. So what is floor price? Basically, it's the cheapest NFT in that collection that is for sale right now. So for example, if you're someone with limited funds and you just want to have skin in a game within a project that you really like, doesn't really matter whether NFT you buy is rare or not within the collection, then floor price would be what you're looking at because you just want the cheapest entry at that point in time. However, 
if you are someone who values how rare an NFT is when you buy, etc., you have more funds to play with, then floor price don't really matter that much because you'll be going into the collection and really choosing something that you fancy to purchase it. And the last basic data that you need to know would be volume traded. And volume traded basically just means the total Ethereum value transaction throughout the entire collection over the entire course of time. So it's important because sometimes it gives you an idea of where at this point in time or during this period, there are any transactions happening. If let's say an announcement happens and then you see that suddenly a lot of people are trading again. So you can see that, you know, maybe this project is gaining traction. It could give you an idea of whether you want to buy in or you want to take the chance to liquidate your assets, right? So I think more on that further down the road when we are all more familiar. But in a nutshell, these are the data points that would really help you in understanding the market overall and also finding a good time to enter any project when it comes to purchasing from secondary marketplaces. And the last thing you need to know, this might be specific to OpenSea, I'm not too sure. I think most other platforms also provide this option, but uh, it's this bidding versus buy now option. So I'm just going to briefly explain the difference between these two options so that you can understand and sort of determine whether you want to bid or you want to buy an item when you see it on the marketplace. So to bid for an item, the item actually don't have to be on sale. So what happens when you enter a project's page on OpenSea is that you will see all the NFTs that have been minted within the collection. Some are for sale, some are not. You can filter them through and find out. But for example, you see this NFT that you really like, but it's not listed for sale. Okay, but you really want to buy. Okay, what you can do is you can bid for the item based on a fair price that you think you would pay to purchase the NFT. And then that information will be sent to the seller or rather the owner of the NFT. And if the price is right and the, the owner is like, okay, sure, I'll sell that to you, then a transaction can happen. But in order to bid for an item, you need to first convert your ETH into wrapped Ethereum. So the conversion happens all within OpenSea website itself. It's just one click away. And after placing the bid, you will basically wait to just see if the owner of the NFT accepts your bid. If accepted, transaction will automatically go through. You don't have to approve of anything anymore. And the benefit is that you will not have to pay for gas fees because for bidding, owners will be the one who will bear the gas fees for you. So this makes a lot of difference, especially during periods when it's a bull market and uh, gas prices are very high because it could make a difference of a couple hundreds of dollars, we never know, right? So sometimes people try to buy items through bidding in order to save on these gas fees. Or sometimes it's just a matter of indicating your intention to want to purchase an item and just see whether the owner is willing to sell it to you at a price that you deem is a fit. Okay, and the more straightforward one would be buy now. So buy now consists of all the items that are listed on OpenSea that's on sale within the collection. So for these items, you basically just buy based on the prices set by the owners. Okay, it's very straightforward and it's, a, it's an immediate process. But in this case, if you do buy, you have to approve the transaction and you will be the one paying the gas fees. But the transaction will happen immediately. You do not have to wait for the owners to see if the price is right or whatever because the owners have already listed the price that they think they want to sell it for. So once you click on it, you accept everything, you'll be an immediate process. 
And yes, this is basically an overview of how you can purchase from secondary marketplaces. I mean, it is very convenient and you can do it anytime. But just like Web2 marketplaces, scams are plenty. There are many, many ways that you could get cheated. And um, I think the aim of our next episode would be to talk a little bit more on that so that you can sort of protect yourself and be more aware while you're purchasing in these marketplaces and just prevent yourself from getting scammed by very, very malicious people that are around to take your money. And yes, with that, we've come to the end of this episode of The Token Singaporean. We've finished our purchasing of NFT series part one and part two, part one being minting and part two being buying from secondary marketplaces. I really hope that you've learned a thing or two from my sharing. And once again, I need to remind everyone that all that I've said is not financial advice. So please do your own research before you go about making any purchase or making any sale. However, if you do have any questions, feedbacks or comments, feel free to write in to us and we'll be very, very happy to answer you. Alternatively, you can also find me on Twitter. My Twitter name is VNSTR underscore ETH. So write to me on Twitter and I'll be happy to connect with you guys. And lastly, if you enjoyed this podcast, please help me by just writing a short review because it would really help the podcast go a long way. So once again, thank you for being here. I look forward to being here with all of you guys in the next episode of The Token Singaporean.